Well, welcome to Impact Church. We're excited that you're here. Those of you that are watching online, we're glad you've tuned in. And today we are ending, concluding, whatever you want to call it, a series that we have called We Are the Church. Have you enjoyed this series? Come on, three people have enjoyed this series. Have you enjoyed this series? I know it stepped on your toes a little bit, and last week I made a joke about it, but I'm glad you're back anyway. You came back to church after I stepped all over your feet. So we're glad you're here. We're going to get into that uh, here in just a moment. But for those of you that maybe you've forgotten or you haven't been here for the first two weeks of this series, uh, we've been talking about some of the practical things that the local church should look like. Some of the practical things, because in reality, we are the church, right? The church is not a building. I mentioned this in week one. Right now, we're a portable church, and you walked into a building that is not a church building today because it doesn't matter where we're meeting. We are the church. We are the church. And so it's important to understand the principles that come with being the church if we are the church. And in week one, we talked about teams and tents. Maybe you remember this. Uh, and we talked about the importance of everyone doing their part. That every person that is a part of Impact Church, every person that is a part of what we're doing here, you all have a part to play. I have a part to play, you have a part to play, and when we get together and we all do our part, how many of you know 150, 200 people can do more than one person can do by themselves? Can I get a better amen than that? And so we talked about getting on a team, getting on a team, and you've been doing that, and we really appreciate that, and everybody is jumping in and being an active part of what's going on. And then we also talked about uh, expanding our territory, expanding our tent. We read a scripture where uh, we believe that God is speaking over our church that we need to make our tent bigger and we need to make room. We need to make room for all that God's doing because this is not it. Come on, I want you to look around and I want you to think in your mind, this is not it. This is not it. This is all, not all that God has for us. There are bigger and better things and we're going to keep moving forward. And so we made the announcement that beginning next Sunday, come on, you are at you are at the conclusion and the wrap up of a 1030 service at Impact Church today. <laughs> this is the last time that you'll be here unless somewhere in the future we have to go to three. Bless God, you know, because God's just doing amazing things and we slide one in the middle somewhere. But, but for right now, this will be the last time that we gather at 1030 for one service. Next week, we're beginning uh, two services, one at 9.30 and one at 11.15. And uh, many of you filled out a card uh, two or three weeks ago to kind of give us an idea of which service you would be more likely to attend. And so we have the option now for every person to serve one, attend one. Isn't that a great option? To where it, even when you're serving somewhere, you never have to miss church. Because once you finish, finish serving wherever you're serving and being an active part of what God's doing in our church and through our church, then you can come over and you can, you can worship during the 1115 or you can worship at 930 and then serve at 1115. And so it's an incredible opportunity that we have. And I'm excited. I hope you are too about what God's doing in our church. And so don't forget that, that next Sunday we begin two services. And so if you show up at 1030 next week, you're going to be a little bit early for the 1115. That's all right. You can still slide into that one. But don't, don't forget that, 930. And 11.15. And then we talked about, last week we talked about staying with the group. Staying with the group. And we talked about the importance of relationships and community. And how that happens because you're at church each weekend and during the week when you're in a group. And we watched this video that was pretty graphic, but it was about how lions, you know, the, the Bible equates the enemy. He's like a roaring lion seeking out somebody he can devour. Who's going to give him the opportunity to allow him to, to chew you up and spit you out. And the, the only way that lions hunt is they isolate their target. 
And so when you see when you see a pack going together, there's a greater chance that they can withstand the lion or the attack of the lion because they're in a group. They're connected with other people. They're here, you know, at, at church. We looked at some statistics, and most most Christians or churchgoers consider themselves a regular church attender. This is my church. I go to church if it's once every four weeks. And we were talking about how I don't think that's enough that we need to be in community with each other and worshiping next to each other and, and being there for each other and encouraging each other. And that also happens in groups throughout the week. And so we were encouraging you last week to get in a group. You can't stay with the group if you're not in a group. You got to first get in a group so then you can stay with the group. Are you following me? Y'all are looking at me like deer in the headlights. <laughs> Maybe you're just, oh, I know what it is. You're just so excited about what we're going to talk about today <laughs> that you just can't wait. You can't wait until we get there. So here's, here's what we're going to talk about today as we conclude this series. I want to talk to you for just a moment on this topic. I've titled this message, Shine a Light. Shine a Light. Now, has anybody in the room ever lost something before? Anybody, let me see your hand so that we know that we're not all alone with our forgetfulness and where we, where did we put the keys and where <laughs> you've lost something before. And here's, here's what's interesting. You know, you, maybe you've lost your keys or your wallet or some cash or maybe even a kid, you know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe at some point you lost one of your kids and, and didn't know where they were. They slipped away. That's, you know, that seems to happen quite frequently, especially when you have toddlers. But what do we do when we lose something that's important? What do we do when, when, when we lose something that's important? We look for it. If you don't have your keys and you need to go somewhere and you can't find your keys, you're tearing up the house trying to find your keys. And a lot of times the last place you look, they'll be in your pocket. <laughs> or you just overlook them, you know, hanging on the key rack that you have. I don't know how you, what you do with your keys or you throw them on the table or, and you just overlooked it. And the last place that you look is usually the place you know, I've spent the last 30 minutes looking for my keys or my wallet or whatever because I need to go somewhere. And we're frantically searching the house and, well, did we leave them in the car? Or where, where are our keys? Where's the wallet? We're looking for it. And not only do we look for it, but we'll almost do anything to make sure we find it. How many of you want to call up the car dealership and have them make you another key to your vehicle because you can't find the key? No, we, like, we're going to go to every link that we possibly can to figure out where the key is or where the wallet is, where's the debit card, where's my license. I don't, you know, I don't remember the last place I said it. We'll almost do anything to make sure that we find it. And why? Because it's valuable to us. The only reason you're going to spend all that much time looking for something is because there's some value in it. I need it. <laughs> I want that. I need my wallet. I need the keys. I need my kid. Come on, somebody. <laughs> there's value in what you're looking for, and that's why you're looking. And here's what, here's what I believe that God values. If we were going to ask this question, what is it that is valuable to God, I think we can sum it up in one word, and it's people. I think, I think if we were going to sum up, you know, like, what does God care about? What, what, is, what is most valuable to God? I think you are. I think that I am. I think, I think it's people that God cares about the most, and I love what I love what we're going to look at a, a few scriptures today, but in Romans 10, 14, let's start there. This is what Paul is writing when he's writing to the Romans. He says, but before people can ask the Lord for help, they must believe in him. 
Come on, we're, we're, we're backing up. I love what he does in this verse. He's like, before this can happen, this has to happen. But before that can happen, this has to happen. And before that can happen, we've got to do this. And he says, but, but before people can ask the Lord for help, they must believe in him. And before they can believe in him, they must hear about him. And for them to hear about the Lord, someone must tell them. So he's saying, here's what I care about. I care about people. And before somebody, but before somebody can come to me, before somebody can, can, can realize that they need my help, that they need me in their life, before that can happen, some, somebody has to go tell them. It all, it all comes back to the fact that somebody has to go and be active, be an active part of telling people about what's going on and about Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that God is looking for what is lost? He's, if, you don't, if you don't get this, you're going to be extremely frustrated at Impact Church. This is, this, is the main, this is the main thing behind our vision. This is, you know, point number one of our vision is for every person to know God. And how we do that is what we're going to talk about today because this is such a big deal to us that God cares about and is looking for what is lost. Are you with me? We sing a song here at church at Impact that's called Reckless Love. I love this song, and it talks about how God leaves the 99 to find the one. So we're all, we're all sitting here today, and it's like we're all a part of the 99, and God is saying, I'm more concerned about the one that's not here, that doesn't know me, that is hurting, that needs my help, than I am about the 99 or the 150, or the 300, or the 1,000, or the whatever you want to put, whatever number you want to put on it, that are in that moment right with me, know me, serving me, worshiping me. I, I care about what is lost. And I want to read you this. Andrea, uh, she shared this briefly a couple of weeks ago when we sang that song. But I want to read you this in Luke 15. We're going to read 10 verses starting in verse 1. And I want you to grab a hold of this. It says, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were whispering among themselves. They said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So they're talking about Jesus. And Jesus like, Jesus, you're hanging out with the, un, you're hanging out with the unchurched people. Jesus, you're, you're, going, like, you're, eating, you're hanging out with and you're, you're, you're going to dinner with the people that don't know you. You're, going, you're hanging out with, you're spending time with the people that don't even really care about you. You're spending time with the people that they don't even go to church, Jesus. And you're spending time with them. They don't even serve you. I'm on, a, I'm on three teams, God. I'm, on three, I'm, serving, I'm serving like three times a month, not just once a month. Come on, somebody. I'm serving, and you're hanging out with the person that's not even here? You're hanging out with the person that doesn't even serve you at all? You're hanging out with a person that hasn't even given their life to you and doesn't even know you and doesn't even really realize that they need you and are going everywhere else that they need, that, trying to figure out what it is to fill that void in their life. You're hanging out with that person? You're hanging out with, with, you're hanging out with the sinner? You're hanging out with the person that doesn't attend church? And he goes on, he said, and then Jesus tells them a story. I love Jesus and his stories. He said, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. 
Won't he leave the 99 in the open country? Won't he go and look for the one lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he will joyfully put it on his shoulders and go home. Then he will call his friends and neighbors together. He will say, be joyful with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, it will be the same in heaven. There will be great joy when one sinner turns away from sin. Yes, there will be more joy. Come on. He said more joy. You got you to gotta, you gotta get this this morning. There will be more joy than for 99 godly people who do not need to turn away from their sins. Or suppose, and then he goes into another story. He's like, well, if you didn't really get that, maybe you don't handle sheep. You know, it's like, ah, oh, we don't really get the sheep thing. But we get, but we get money, right? <laughs> we don't really get the sheep thing, but I, I understand money. I like my money. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. She will light a lamp and sweep the house. She will search carefully until she finds the coin. And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors together. She will say, be joyful with me. I have found my lost coin. You ever lost, this, we're talking about lost coin, but coins were a different currency back in the day than what they are today. You ever lost a $100 bill? And you're like, <laughs> we're cleaning the house, baby, because <laughs> there's a $100 bill somewhere on the floor or under a table or somewhere, and we're going to find that $100 because we understand, you know, maybe you don't understand sheep. But you understand if you lost some money or if you lost your wallet or you lost your debit card and you're like, you know, we can't go without our debit card. Come on. It's like we lost our debit card. We don't even take time to look. We're like, call the bank, send me one overnight, need it tomorrow, go into Walmart, <laughs> right? Set my PIN number for me, <laughs> do all the work, send it in the mail, and when I get it, I want to open it and go use it, right? Because it's important to us. It's important to us. We want it. It's important. Verse 10, I tell you, it's the same in heaven. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who turns away from sin. Let me ask you a question that I asked you a couple of weeks ago after worship. Aren't you glad? Because, see, sometimes we get, and we're going to talk about this for just a minute, but sometimes we get frustrated. It's like, just, just need somebody. Can you just scoot down one seat? It's crowded. <laughs> I got here 10 minutes late, had to sit up front, can't find a seat at the back. You know, <laughs> we start talking about, we start talking about, you know, and, and kind of complaining about some of this stuff, right? You know, too many people, all this stuff going on. But aren't you glad that, that when you were the one, that God didn't, didn't stay with the 99 and just leave you hanging out there? Because sometimes we forget. <laughs> sometimes I forget. I used to be the one. I used to be the one. I was the one that God had to leave the 99. To go. I was the $100 bill that, that was lost and God sweeping the floor and figuring out any way possible so that he can get me back. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad this morning that God, did, that God was able and willing to go after you when you were the one? And sometimes we forget that. Been saved for six months, been saved for three years, been saved all my life. And we forget that at one point, I was the one. And God cares about the one. God cares about what is lost. In fact, God paid the ultimate price, which was his son, in order to restore the lost to himself. 
That's how valuable the one is. That's how valuable God, that's how much God cares about not just you. He does. He loves you. He loves all of us the same. But that's how much God cares about the people that aren't even sitting in here today, that don't even serve him, don't, haven't given their life to him, don't even realize that, 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 that they need him yet. That's how much he loves them along with us. That's how much he cares about them. God cares about the people who don't know him yet. I like this story I found this past week. I found it interesting, and I wanted to share it with you. But it was this, this woman who lost her dog. Now, we're talking about things that we think are valuable. This woman lost her dog, and I love the, I love, I love the extreme measures that this woman, this is a real thing, guys, before I tell you everything that she did. This is for real. The extreme measures that she went to to track down this dog that she loved so much that she had lost. She's, she, this, this was an article. She crawled through sewer pipes. She climbed up deer stands. She walked across fields marked for target practice. Come on, somebody. Walking across a field marked for target practice. She searched from an airplane. She got somebody to fly her in an airplane searching for this dog. She hired professional trackers. And here's my favorite one. She offered a $10,000 reward for anybody who found her lost dog. She's crawling through the sewer, offering to give somebody $10,000 for a lost dog. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. She owns six dogs. And five of them were found. <laughs> five of them were at home. And because of one dog that meant so much to this woman, she's crawling through the sewer and climbing up trees, hiring somebody to fly her over her city so that she can look for this dog, offering $10,000 reward. Come on, if somebody, will just, if somebody will just spot my dog and bring my dog back to me, I will pay you $10,000. Dollars. How many of you know there were a lot of people looking for this woman's dog? <laughs> There's a lot of people going around thinking, whoo, you know, and, and trying to, you know, detour everybody else. Like, it's my $10,000, you know, you need to go look over there. All of this for one dog out of six that she owned. Going to extreme measures just to find the one. I want us to, I want us this morning to watch a clip uh, from... <laughs> from a, an incredible movie and you guys are going to laugh at me when we, when you know what we're watching but I want us to watch a clip from anybody seen Forrest Gump <laughs> We're going <laughs> I want us to watch this is about a 3 minute clip or so and I want us to watch this clip from the movie Forrest Gump today to help us get a visual of what we're talking about and then we're going to talk about it here in just a moment but check out this clip turn your attention to the screen
<laughs> I know now everybody's going to go pull that movie out and, and watch it later today. What a, what a great picture of what God did for us over 2,000 years ago by sending his son, even though, and I've said this before, but he sent his son to die for you just in case you would choose him. Just in case somebody might make the decision to follow him. Just in, I want there to be a way, just in case, just in case, just in case somebody shows up, just in case somebody opens their Bible, just in case somebody realizes that they need him, just in case somebody realizes they can't do it on their own, just in case, just in case they make the decision to serve me, I'm going to go ahead and send him. See, God went all out to redeem us and bring us back into right relationship with him. All out. All out. Held nothing back. Gave his son as a sacrifice for us and for even those that aren't here yet. For those that don't know him yet. For those that are lost, that he cares about so much. And we should be willing to go all out to be a part of it. See, God went all out for you. And God went all out for me. So I need to be willing to go all out to be a part of it. God, this is what you did, and other people need to know this, and other people need to experience this, and other people need to get it. They need to be able to wrap their minds around this. They need to, and I'm going to go all out to be a part of it. See, God has a purpose for keeping us here on earth and not taking us immediately. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but why, why doesn't God just, when you give your life to him and you become a Jesus follower, you become a Christian, why doesn't God just take you to heaven right then? Whew, they're mine. Let's take them. Let's take them right now because you're his. You just became a son. You just became a daughter. You belong to him now. You've given your life to him. So why does he? Why doesn't he just take you? Just just pull you out of everything right now, and take you. Whew, they accepted me. They gave their life to me. I'm just. Let's just bring them up here with us so that they can spend eternity with us, starting right now. But God has a purpose for keeping us here. He has a purpose. That purpose is for us to share Jesus with other people. That purpose is so we can tell and show others what God has done in our lives. Come on, we did a series called Tell a Good Story. Everybody's got a story. Everybody has a story. Are you sharing your story? The greatest way, the greatest way that you can witness to somebody or that you can that you can reach somebody for Jesus is to just simply tell them what Jesus has done for you. Because if they're close enough to you, especially those that are close to you and knew you back when, and they see you now, and they think, you know what, something's different, something's different about them, and you just begin to share, this is what God did for me, and people begin to think, um, if God can do that for them, then maybe there's something to this, and maybe there's something that I need, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hear more about what you have to say, because I've shared my story. That purpose is so others can be rescued. That purpose is so more people can know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and then turn around and make an impact in the life of somebody else that they're connected to. 
That's the reason why you're still here after you gave your life to Jesus and he didn't just take you to heaven immediately. It's because he has something for you to do while you're here. See, when you accept Jesus, that's all you need to get to heaven. But that's not all there is. Because now God has given you life and you can experience life to the fullest and God intends for you to use what you've given him. Come on, we're talking about being in the year of overflow. So I'm going to ask you again, and I'll ask you all year long, are you allowing what God is putting in you and blessing you with to overflow on the people around you? Because if you're just letting it come in and nothing's going out, then what good are we doing if we're not reaching more people for Jesus? God doesn't give you everything that you have just so you can consume everything that he gives you. We're not intended to consume, consume, consume. We're intended to consume and contribute. Consume and contribute. I'm going to take what you've given me, and how do you want me to use it? This is, the, this is the financial resource that you've given me. How do you want me to use it? These are the people you've placed in my life. How do you want me to use it? This is, this is what you've given me. This is the house you've given me. This is the blessing you've given me. This is the family you've given me. This is the influence that you've given me. So how do you want me to use it so that we can overflow onto everybody around us? There's a purpose. God's looking for what is lost. He's looking for what is lost. And here's the bottom line this morning. If you don't hear anything else, here's what I believe. If God cares about what is lost, then we should care about what is lost. If God, if, if we're seeking to have the heart of God and we're going to follow after God and we're going in the direction that God is going and we want to be there in the will of God, if God cares about what is lost, then I believe we should care about what is lost. If God cares about what is lost, we should care about what is lost. We even have a core value as a church. Maybe you've read this or heard somebody say it or heard me say it even up here it's that we exist for the people who aren't here yet. Let me say that again. Impact Church exists for the people who aren't here yet. We gather together and we encourage each other and we build each other up and we're worshiping and we're in community and I believe in all of that. But I also believe that we exist for the people who have not even walked in the door yet. Can I get a better amen than that? We exist for the people who are not here yet. That's why we serve. That's why we do outreach. That's why we're making more room. That's why we invite people. Because here's what happens a lot of times, and I want you to get this visual of a fishbowl. If you have to close your eyes, you just close your eyes and you envision a fishbowl. And if there was a fishbowl sitting right here and it was on this table, and there are all these fish swimming around in the fishbowl. But imagine this one fish on the outside of the bowl. And I don't know if you know this, but fish need water. And so this fish is on the outside of the bowl. And if you've ever taken a fish out of the water and you've placed it on dry ground or out in the air, the oxygen, that fish is flopping like crazy. I mean, just dying, dying, dying. And here's, here's, here's what we do. And I don't believe this is intentional a lot of times, but here's what we have a tendency to do if we're not careful. We keep our eye on the fishbowl. Oh, look at all those pretty fish. 
swimming around in there. Oh, look at, oh, look at the, oh, there's lights. Look at the lights. Oh, we got words. We can sing the songs too. And oh, I can't wait to see, you know, I just, I can't wait to see everybody at church today and see all my friends and just hang out with people. And, and, and boy, I hope, the, I hope they sing my song today. Come on, somebody. I hope they sing my song because that's my song. That's my jam. I hope they sing my song today because that one, you know, it's like I, that's the one I'm going to raise my hands on if they're singing my song. I saw, I, saw on the, I saw on the church Facebook page what they're singing and all when they get to song number three, baby. It's all like crazy. You know, I just want to make sure we just need to be there. We need to be there by 945 because that's usually when song three comes on. And we need to make sure that I'm there so that I can raise my hands and worship. And we're focused on what's inside of the bowl. And we forget about all the fish that are out here flopping around. And they're not enjoying what's in the bowl. They don't even really know what's in the bowl. They don't even know that they need to be in the bowl. Come on, somebody. And we're so focused on the bowl, and all the fish are out here flopping around, but, oh, man, oh, God, bless God. They're going to sing my song. They're going to sing my song. Boy, I hope, I hope Gabe preaches a good word. I hope he yells a little bit today because that really gets me energized, really makes me want to go out and do something for God this week. But when he's real calm, you know, sometimes like, ah, oh, I don't really feel like I've been to church today. But when he gets excited about something, I feel like I've been to church and I need to go out and do something. And if you need me to yell, then I'll yell whatever I need to do. But we need to get our eyes off of the fishbowl as much and start focusing on what's out here because what, what's out here matters to God. What's out here matters to God. So what part does God desire for us to play? If God cares so much about those who don't know him yet, then what can we do? How can we be a part? And here's my one point. Come on, somebody say one point. There's not two points, not three points, not seven points. There's one point today. One point today, and you need to write it down. How can we play an active part? You need to be a bringer. You need to be a bringer. Come on, somebody, look at, look at the person next to you and tell them you need to be a bringer. Be a bringer. Be a bringer. Come on, I believe God is looking for some people. I believe God is looking for somebody who's going to be a bringer. Not a consumer. God's looking for somebody who's going to be a bringer. I'm trying not to walk too far this way because they can't get me on the camera if I walk too far this way, but we're about to fix that problem. But I don't want to leave y'all out, though. I don't want to leave y'all out. I want y'all to feel like you're connected. But here's the thing, you need to be a bringer. I need to be a bringer. If this is if God cares about what's lost, then how do we fix that? How do we become an active part of that? We all we all decide, you know what, I'm gonna be a bringer. I'm gonna be a bringer. God's looking for what is lost. God's looking for some people who are gonna be a bringer. And why is this so important? Because ultimately we have the answer to what everybody is looking for. Because we have Jesus. If you're a believer and you have Jesus, then how cruel it is to hold on to him and consume everything that he wants to pour out in your life while there are other people that are hurting and dying on the inside and don't even really know how to fix their problem. And you have the answer. I have the answer. We have the answer. And the only way that we can get the answer to them is we're going to have to be a bringer. 
We're going to have to be somebody who brings people to Jesus. You got to be a bringer. Be a bringer. As believers, the Bible says in Matthew that we are the light in a dark world. We're not going to read it for the sake of time, but this is what I believe. I believe the enemy has people blinded where they can't seem to find what they're truly needing, which is Jesus. And you were in this condition at one point. We were all there. We're blinded, and we can't really see what we need, and we're looking for it everywhere. We're trying to fill it everywhere else. But, but the enemy has us blinded and has people blinded, and they can't see what they really need, which is Jesus. They can't see it. And if you're looking for something that you've lost in the dark, you're probably going to get a light. I said the title of my message was Shine a Light. When you lose something and it's at night... How many of you go around the house searching in the dark trying to find something or do you get your phone or a flashlight or if you're really that cool, you get a candle. But you get something to help you see. You get something, see when it's it's in the dark, you get something to help you find what you're looking for. God wants to use you as a flashlight, and if we were to, if we were to do this, if we were to turn all the lights off in the building, all the lights off in the building, and I know today we can't get it pitch dark in here because of the windows and different things, but just imagine with me that you cannot see, and you're in that condition where you cannot see. But I have, but I have the light. I have the light, and here's here's what you need to get. Some of y'all, woo, you coming off stage. I am. Here's what you need to get. When, it's, when you're in the dark, can I use you? Can you follow me? When you're in the dark and God wants to use you as a light, and I know you can't, you can't see this on, online right now, but just, just go with us for a minute. When, when you can't see, come on, you're blinded. You don't, know what's, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know what you need. Jesus. How many of you know somebody's got to come to him and, hey, follow me? Just keep on following me. Just keep on. Come on, just keep on. Just keep on. You still coming? You still, you still coming? Your foot's asleep. Just, just keep on coming. Keep on. <laughs> Are y'all getting what I'm saying? When there's somebody who doesn't know how to get where they need to be, and the enemy has them blinded, you are the light. And if you don't go to them and lead them where they need to go, they may not ever get there. Somebody's got to come show him. Come on, let's give Derek a hand. Thank you. <laughs> his, foot's, his foot's waking up now. <laughs> come on, you got to shine. And sometimes, and sometimes, get this. Sometimes, just like with him, you know, he's got a he's got a limp. Boy, he's having a hard time getting back to his seat. <laughs> I picked a good person. I picked man. You just helped my example out. That illustration was killer because of your foot being asleep. Sometimes you got to keep checking. <laughs> Sometimes they're following you. You got the lights. Are you still coming? You still? The lights up here. This is this is how we're gonna see where we're going. Are you still coming? You still following me? You still following me? You got to shine your light. Because there are people that aren't going to get to Jesus unless you go out and shine your light. 
And you lead, you got to be a bringer. You got to be a bringer. Be a bringer. Come on, say, be a bringer. Be a bringer. And I want you to think for a moment as we wrap this up, I want to invite the worship team to come back up. What could heaven look like if each one of us decided that we're going to focus on what God is focused on, which is those who are lost? Come on, we say it. We say all the time, it's like, well, I just want to be in God's will. I just want to be, I want the heart of God. I want, I want him to look at me, and I want him to say, you know, here's, there's a guy who's after my heart. And here's, here's the answer to that question. What does it look like to be somebody who has the heart of God? It looks like you caring about what God cares about. It looks like me caring about what God cares about. And if God's willing, now we're not leaving, we're not leaving y'all, but if God's willing to leave the 99 to find the one because this one, oh man, this is their moment, this is their chance, this is their opportunity, I've got somebody with a light and I need to send them out there and I need them to lead them, I need them to be a bringer, I need them to be an inviter, I need them to do what I've called them to do and the reason why they're still here on earth even though they've already given their life to me, I need them to do what, I'm, what, what, what my purpose is for their life to do. I need them to be a bringer. I love what, what uh, a man named Canon J. John, who's an evangelist in Great Britain back in the day, he said it like this. He said, go on a mission trip. Walk next door. <laughs> I'm wondering if y'all heard me. Go on a mission trip. Walk next door. <laughs> there are people in your sphere of influence that need you. There are people that need to know about Jesus. There are people that you need to, you need to go to them and say, you know what, I'm going to be a bringer. I got the light, and let me help you. I see, that, I see that you're struggling. I see that you're having a hard time. I see that you hear, you hear somebody having a conversation with somebody else, and they're like, oh, man, my relationship's gone downhill. This is whatever. Just walk up to them and be like, really? Really? You need to come to my church. You just lost somebody? Oh, man, you just lost... Oh, I'm so sorry, really? Oh, you need to come to my church. You need to come to my church. You need to come sit next to me. You need to go. I know what you need. I know what you need. You need to come sit next to me. I'm going to get my light out. And I'm going to shine a light for those who can't find their way in the dark. Will you stand today? What is, what is next door? Next door would be your friends, could be your coworkers, it could be the waitress at the restaurant, it could, be, it could be the cashier at the store, it could be a family member, it could be your spouse, it could be your kids. What is next door to you? What is next door to you? What does that look like in your life? And I'm challenging you to be a bringer, to be a bringer, be a bringer. And we, we've done something as a church to try to make it as easy and convenient and uh, less awkward that we could possibly make it for you to say today, you know what, I'm going to make the commitment to be a bringer. I'm committing myself to this. And in your seat when you came in today, we have new circle invite cards we had to change them up because we're going to two services. They've got, they've got our service times on them, location, website information, everything that you need to know. Somebody asks you a question, well, well, you know, you're going to get this a lot. Well, what do they believe? 
what they believe. What's their, what, <laughs> what do they, we love Jesus. That's what we believe. They can go on the website and they can find out all the details that they're going to want to find out. All the stuff that they're going to want. Well, what, what's the doctrine? Well, well, what denomination? Well, we're non-denominational. Well, if you lean a certain way, what way do you lean as a church? Well, we lean toward Jesus. <laughs> I want you, what I want you to do, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you this week to be a bringer. Next week, come on, this is, if there was ever a time that somebody would say yes to you to come to church, it's Easter. I mean, if you were ever needing an opportunity to just get your feet wet on being a bringer, there's no better opportunity than the week leading up to Easter. Because statistically, people are just crazy more willing to accept your invitation to come on Easter than any other time of the year. So I'm challenging you. Take There should have been about three of those in your seat. And I'm just challenging you. Take those with you. Take those with you. Take them with you. And I'm challenging you this week to be a bringer. Whatever service it is that you are coming to next weekend, if it's 9, 30, 11, 15, bring somebody with you. Bring somebody with you. I'm going to be a bringer. I'm going to be a bringer. If you go to them and they don't come with you next week, you just keep on. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Six months later, are you coming? Christmas service, are you coming? New Year's Eve, New Year's resolution. Are you coming? Are you coming? Because I'm going to be a bringer. Are you coming? And I'm challenging you this week to be a bringer. I've got a message that God put on my heart to share for Easter Sunday at both of our services. Now, don't get worried. If you don't understand this two-service thing, it's the same service two times. So don't be like, why don't you come at 930? But what if it's different at 1115? It's not different. <laughs> it's going to be the same message. It's going to be the same worship. It's, I mean, it, it's going to be exactly the same. But whatever service you're coming to, I'm challenging you, be a bringer. Get somebody in the seat next to you. Get somebody in the seat. If, if you want to just be an overachiever, you got somebody on both sides. <laughs> I got somebody on both sides of me. But let's be a bringer. Amen? Be a bringer. God, I thank you. Thank you right now for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our church. God, you are so good. You are so good. Today, I pray that you would challenge us, that our hearts would be receptive to this idea that you still have us here for a purpose. God, that there's a calling on our life. There's a calling on our church. There's a calling on our family. And that is to lead people to Jesus, to shine a light in the dark place. And this week, I'm making the commitment, I'm going to be a bringer. I'm going to find somebody, God, you put it on our hearts. You show us somebody that there will be somebody just stand out. That's the person I need to invite to attend Easter at Impact with me because they need what is going to be talked about. They need something that's going to change their life. They need something that's going to encourage them. They need something that's going to lift them up. And, God, we make the commitment to you right now that we will be contributors and not just consumers, that we are going to be bringers. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We're going to sing one final song today, and as we sing this last song, when we begin to sing this last song, the worship team begins. I want to invite you, if you need prayer for anything in your life, maybe you're here today and you know, and you know you're just in a place right now, you're thinking, I, just, I, don't, I haven't given my life to Jesus, and that's the first thing I need to do.
I know you've been talking about, you know, my people's purpose here on earth and, and getting to heaven and all of that. Maybe you need to come down and just have that conversation and say, you know what, I just want to receive, I want to receive forgiveness today. I want to receive what God has already done for me through Jesus. Or maybe you have something going on in your life and you just need some encouragement. You need a pick-me-up. You need somebody to just stand with you, believe with you, pray with you, pray for you. Maybe you don't even know what to pray. And I just pray that you would give our prayer team, give us that opportunity. We're here to pray with you and we love you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.